Welcome back to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets. It's The Mix. Powered by Mayo Media Net here on YouTube and presented by Jock Market. Download that Daily Fantasy app for free. Use the promo code MMN. They're going to match the first 100 bucks for free. If it's free, it's for me. Ah, we've been doing our thing again in the Jock Market. Yesterday came up a little bit in the black because I had some injuries at the end of the day. But hey man, those things happen. If it was a regular DFS late, I probably went home with empty pockets. And that's why we love jock market so much because you actually get rewarded for being sharp. Each individual play is weighted as such. And if you have a couple big hits like we did with Neon, Dion, Carter, he ends up floating the entire portfolio. Love the jock market app. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at John Legaza. That's right. It's your host, the big dude with the big mouth from the big apple. Big Johnny Stud coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn, New York. As always, am I coming out the chair? Of course, as always, doing the thing that we do. Me and you, the Cork Stats crew, all the nuance and context you could possibly stomach when you hang out here at the Mayo Media Net. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to that audio-only pod. In a couple minutes, I'm going to ask you to do me a solid and stick your cartoon finger up inside me. Give me those YouTube likes, num, 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 because they matter way more than they should. But enough of that. We need more of this, the fastest show in NFL. Absolutely anywhere. Take that bad boy to the bank, rubber Stamp my name on it. Let's do the thing that we do, everybody. Come on. We're doing blue chips. We're using Run the Sims projections to come up with the highest projected players at each position for tonight's Monday Night Football. It's the Broncos and the Chargers in another AFC West. What was supposed to be a shootout, these have not turned into such the darn Broncos playing in the mud. But, hey, man, let's just see if we can get down and dirty and make some sense of the muck. It's our blue chips brought to you by Jock Market, the first pillar of profit. Right, We want to know who's going to be the best scorers on the slate. I got the top five scorers from each team up on my schnazzy little graphic that I've been you know, working on. Let's just start with the Broncos. Of course, good players are going to do good things. Is Russell Wilson a good player? I'm not so sure. But he is at the top of the projection at 17 points, followed by Court. Cortland Sutton, Target Hogg at 16, drop down to Melvin Gordon at 14, slight drop to Judy at 12, to Mike Boone at 10. Wowza. I'm not sure, again, how any of these players make their projections because I am really low on the Bronco offense. That being said, something we have spoke about on this show that, man, the lesson I need to learn myself, and I think, you know, we all make mistakes and no one is perfect. I just try and make my mistakes openly right and in a manner that if I do make them I admit to it and then hopefully in public right we kind of make that pivot and get with it what I'm speaking about is drawing up narratives in showdowns now that's kind of how you get to the answer of of these everybody's looking at a single game the variance is very high no one knows what the answer is going to be so I'm never going to tell somebody your version of the story is wrong and mine is right they're just different what I am saying is once you sink your teeth into the narrative, right? Do, I'm not saying throw it at the wall. Do your analysis, run the numbers, project the game, model it out, however you do it. Then stick to it. Gosh, I'm so bad at that sometimes. I'll tell you, and I, yeah, I wear it up on my sleeve. Last game, it was like under, under, under. Everything that was coming up under. And then I went and took an over, and, and it didn't get there, right? Samuel, they, the commanders are garbage. It, and that's the lesson here. You know, I, sometimes you do that. I think it's our nature to look for overs. Unders are not as sexy and you know they can get popped in the first play they like you're nauseous for the extra three hours but again just understand when we run these projections 
They're giving you an idea, putting the flashlight on the game, and then it's up to us to take the next level. Hopefully, I can help you do that. Let's do the other side, then we'll do a game breakdown for the Chargers. It's Herbert at 20, Eckler at 19, Williams 17, and then everyone else at 10 or below, followed up by Everett and Josh Palmer bringing up the caboose. Okay, but let's do the quick handicapping thing. I'll be trying to blow through this beginning part as fast as possible. Okay, good players doing good things. Let's get down into some of the stuff that maybe not everyone has access to. Let's see if we can get some of these advanced stats and help you draw up that narrative before we jump into the penny stocks, which are the best values on the board per run to Sims. All right, Broncos, that offense is gross. Like I mentioned, only 15 points a game. That I think is last. They run only 64 plays for 344 yards. Those are middle of the pack, but the 5.4 yards play well below average, a minus 9.8 EPA per snap on offense. Again, near the bottom of the board. One of the slowest moving teams in the league, 30 seconds of play. That goes up to 33 in neutral game script with a 65% drive success rate on offense. You can see why. They're inefficient. They churn. They don't hustle. All those things are going to kill you. The rush game, not very good. Minus 50% rush DVOA on offense. The line play has been okay, but it's just been a buck 12 rush yards per game. When you lose a guy like Javonta Williams, there's really no juice back there. 4.1 running back yards per attempt. Not any good. We know the pass game is gross. They've allowed 16 sacks near the bottom of the board. Almost 9% adjusted sack rate near the bottom of the board. They're only completing 20 passes for 230 yards a game. He does go for 11.4 yards per completion. That's Russell Wilson because he likes to throw so much to the outside. But He's got to learn to come in at least a little bit to the more high efficiency plays and allow maybe for some yak to happen the Bronco offense has been very bad Charger D it's a mixed bag 27 points allowed per game not any good 370 yards per game not any good 6.1 yards per play not any good however a lot of it's really predicated around the poor run game now I don't want to just like brush over that not being able to stop the run is not a good thing negative 1% rush DVOA 4.5 adjusted line yards, that's middle of the pack, but 130 rush yards a game, 5.8 running back yards per attempt, I I had to check it twice, that's just ridiculous, that is what gets you in trouble, you end up having to bring in extra guys in the box, which then opens up vulnerabilities in the secondary, where we've seen the Chargers get ahead, they allow a lot of attempts, not necessarily a bad thing, but they also allow a lot of completions, 36 attempts, 24 completions for only 240 yards per game, the total yards, not that crazy, but... You can see what's going on. They're getting volume to death because the run game is beating them up in big chunks. They've given up, I think, more 40 and 50-yard runs than anyone in the league. Seems to happen every single week. So, though the Charger D has struggled, the Broncos' offense kind of stinks. And I know, again, this would be circling these narratives. Remember, Latavius Murray is back. Now, granted, it's not like, oh, my God, Latavius Murray is back. I mean, I meant to say it the way I said it. Latavius Murray is back. And we just have to respond properly to it. Gordon has been okay, right? He's I think that's probably the best way that you could describe. He's just he's really just been okay. You know, he's getting the attempts or the rush yards are there, but a minus four point seven EPA per rush, that's terrible. Four yards per rush, not any good. Less than one yard before contact per rush, not any good. Just around three yards after contact per rush. That's not very good. He only has four percent of his plays going over twelve yards. The, none of these none of these statistics are any good. You can see why they want to go and kind of replace him. And I think a lot of people are 
seeing the yards per attempt against the Chargers and immediately pushing in their chips on Gordon. So though we see the 14-point projection, I'm not sure this is really calculating for Latavius Murray, who has three full practices and now a week and a half with the team. Right, last week we really wanted would have we we really would have wanted to be careful with him because he hadn't played yet. We didn't know if he's going to workload. Uh, a veteran like that now with ten days or more with the team, he could he could run in between the tackles. Right, let's give him some credit. So I'm off of Gordon. I'm worried about it. Maybe Lat Murray's our sneaky play. So I'm dialing down Gordon on the blue chips, which would then dial him down as far as being a value play. But again, that's why we like to break these things down. Go into the extra level and then help you, like I said, drop these stories. Let's do the other side. Charger offense, very good. 67 plays for 390 yards, 5.9 yards per play. They move fast. We love the giddy up, which leads itself to fantasy production and overs. 26.6 seconds per play, top five, and then 30 seconds in neutral game script. Those are, I think that might be top three or top four. The run game has struggled for the Chargers as well. You know, Eckler is a bit more of a scattish back, right? And I don't think they really have a between-the-tackles kind of bruiser. I think they're missing that a bit. They were hoping it would be Michelle. He's just kind of got worked out of the game with Josh Kelly, who I think we have to look at because, again, he's got some split work. Let's dive back into the handicapping stuff real quick before the value section show. Again, the charge off and struggling with the rush game, but the pass game is excellent. You know, Justin Herbert, one of the best quarterbacks in the game, 33% pass DVOA. He's only taken five sacks. That's a QB stat, which is excellent. 40 attempts, 26.6 completions, 291 per game, seven pass yards per attempt, almost 11 yards per completion. He's not throwing picks. Justin Herbert is awesome. Denver Broncos pasty, though. This is the immovable force against the unstoppable object. Minus 27% pass DVOA for the Broncos. They've gotten 17 sacks on the 9% adjusted sack rate, allowing only 176 pass yards per game. That is number one, five yards per attempt. Only 8.3 yards per completion. All those at the top of the board. However, Ever, receivers have done some work against Denver, right? Sartain is back there, and that is keeping people off of the opposing pass catchers. But we have seen some guys get it done, right? It doesn't happen often, but like Adams went for 100. Alec Pierce went for 81. Debo Samuel went for 73. And it was more in the beginning of the year. They squashed the Seahawks before the Seahawks got good. And then they squashed the Texans, who aren't very good. So it's it's a rough go, but it's not an impossible mountain to climb. So I think on that side of the handicapping, we, man, you got it. Even, let's say we give the nod to the Bronco defense, allowing only 16 points a game, 289 yards. I was again in the top three. But the Charger offense is really good. So I think in football, it's not really like baseball where very good pitching can dominate even good hitting and make it look listless. I think... In football, really good offenses that are smooth and have the continuity that teams like the Chargers do are not going to hang 40 against a good defense like the Broncos. But I don't think you write them off for, you know, 16 points. Like, I think they're a three-touchdown team regardless. So there's a touch of the handicapping behind, hopefully, these projections before you go and get them. Again, I'm a little bit worried about the Broncos. They do chuck enough for Russell to get there. And the Chargers allow just enough for them to do it. I'm not sure what's going to happen in the trenches. I think that's the big concern. Everyone's run against the Chargers if the Broncos are unable to because Gordon is just kind of whack. 
are they going to keep smashing it? Will it be Murray? How split is that backfield going to be? So just keep remember, just keep an eye on that stuff where we do want to have our eyes for jock market and top scores, of course, is quarterbacks touching the ball every play. And then the number one wideout Sutton and Williams kind of going ham as far as the usage stats go, right? Sutton, 29% of the team target share, 40% of the team air yards, like Hachi, Machi, Liberace, Mike Williams on the other side, 24% team target, 38% of the air yards. I think he might have missed the game as well. So like these guys just popping off the page, but there's a bit of it. And that's our first pillar of profit here at Mail Media Net, presented by Jock Mark. Those are your blue chips, your top projected players. So I think we're going to be leaning more towards Chargers than Broncos, but again, keep our eye on Sutton for sure, right? If the Broncos fall behind, that ball goes to like one place and one place only. All right, we got our ball past midfield. Let's get it up into the red zone with our penny stock. But first, let's just take a quick breath. Okay, we are back. It's time for the penny stock segment of the show, not just the lowest uh, cost players, right, which would kind of be silly because we have tournaments and money to make, tournaments to win and money to make. These are the best values on a cost per point basis. We've also incorporated jock market IPOs. No one else is bringing it to you as far as jock market like we are. But I think it's important because most people that play jock market also play DFS conventional DraftKings style play, which I also do. So I think right now this section is like the overlap, right? This is the the Venn diagram right now, really trying to push the understanding of how these two games work in symbiosis together. So let's get it done. I got two QBs, three running backs, five wideouts, and the best value tight end on the board. Let's get up and go get them. It's Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson. This one is a good piece of understanding, right? There's a lot. Let's get through the machinations of it. Herbert projecting for 20, 11,000 salary, 550 cost per point. Now, granted, that's pretty high in a vacuum, but not for a showdown, right? Remember, if you're following the main slate show that comes out on Saturday, thank you for all the people hardcore enough to be listening on the weekends. Those main slates, we want that number down around 300. Showdown slates, we're going to be looking to be around 600 or below. So, even 550, let's call it 550, triple nickel, 555. That's why I like to put up these graphics so the audio-only listeners, after you rate, review, and subscribe, hop on over to YouTube, grab a screenshot. We also try and post them on the Bird app. That's Twitter machine, yo. Check out the Mayo Media net handle so you can see these things. And I think it's good to have all the information in one place because no one else is providing it like we are. But I think also to get your mind wrapped around the numbers and then to see like how... These things can look so disparate and then maybe not really be. So Russell Wilson, the salary 10K D-Bucks, but since he's only projected for 17, the cost per point at 598. Ownership at 51 opposed to 65, right? Everyone's going to have Herbert tonight. Where you then got to go is the IPO. Herbert up around 16, Russell down around 1250. Understand this, the top share in the jock market returns $25. So Russell Wilson must be the best player or you you know can only return a 2 to 1. That's really tough for a player without a ceiling. You know it doesn't run especially for a quarterback or that isn't like a 400 yard guy like Wilson has not been. So I really like to keep those numbers in mind. Herbert, I've got the projected IPO at 16 bucks. I'm not going to be able to get there. I know some people do and I've had very smart people say, "Hey man, he's the best player in the game and I want the 25 bucks. I go get it." That's fine. I'm just 
trying to appeal to the mass here, right? We have a lot of novices here. People make sure you download the app, use the promo code MMN. That first hundred bucks is more than enough money to do damage. Though I would suggest new players wait until the main slate. Get into the showdown slate today. Understand how it moves. Get your hands on a free promo cash. You know, play around with the execution. And then see how you did in the morning. So neither one of these guys really much of a value. Though Herbert might have a value cost per point. The ownership at 65% could make it very, very difficult. I don't know how you get away from Herbert. Could be hard to outright fade him. Maybe in DK, you just don't make him a captain. Let's get into the running backs. It's Mike Boone, Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon. Let's do Eckler first. 19-point projection, 11.4 salary. Leaving him at 593 cost per point. Now, this is why we do this work. Put it up next to Russell Wilson. They have the same exact cost per point. All right, Eckler has a schmidge under. But if you're going to pay up, that's why you want Eckler opposed to Wilson, right? You could see Wilson say, oh, he's a little bit cheaper, therefore it's a better value. No, when you input the projections and come up with your cost per point, you'll see they are equal. Now, the ownership slightly leaning towards Eckler, which I think makes sense because they're the favorites. The $15 IPO, again, going to make Eckler really, really tough, though. The way he's been playing, you know, you can see why, right? He's he, he, These games are tough. We're looking for the best player in the game. Eckler certainly has got to be on a short list of those players. But it can just be very tough to get the $15 IPO, right? Because, of course, there's a world where he doesn't get there. Again, $15 IPO, you're going to be the top two players on the board. Basically, you're not going to profit. Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone here... These are the really tough ones. People are going to be going at Gordon, and I see the $9 IPO. I think it's going to get goosed up into the double digits, but I'm afraid of Latavius Murray, like I said. Gordon is a plotter. Murray is a plotter. Murray might be greater than signed Gordon. This smells like the disappointment of the night as far as chalk goes. I'm going to just get away from Gordon. If the IPO ends up below $9, if other people are on it, maybe a share or two. I'm just not really seeing it. I, I really, in showdown sites, I really want players that are either very, very cheap, that I think could fall into the end zone, or are the best player, and Melvin Gordon is neither of those. So, Boone and Gordon, I'm worried about Murray, because if you add in Murray and he takes away from those point projections, there goes the cost per point north of 600, and now I'm out because the IPO is not going to change. Into the wide receivers, it's DeAndre Carter, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Mike Williams, and Josh Palmer, you know, DeAndre Carter kind of jumping off the page here. If he does get those five points at 2.6 thousand DK bucks, the 500 cost per point is just about as low as you're going to get it. And with the 16% ownership, which again is is pretty low, it, I think you definitely got to keep an eye on Carter. I mean, it's not the best play. Let's take a look at Carter just really quick. I got some numbers here. He has earned 15 targets on 134 routes. Only 8% of the team target share, 14% of the air yards. So he does get some love. The target per route run is really low at 11%. But again, when they go to him, it is deep. So 11 yards per, 11 air yards per target, excuse me, 14.4 yards per reception. And he is the leading slot guy. So I think there's a decent narrative here where if you're afraid of certain the work could move to the slot. Again, if you worry about the pressure up for the Broncos. Again, we often talk about punch, counterpunch, punch, counterpunch. So the punch would be we like the Charger pass game and they throw to Mike Williams. Let's go with Williams. The counterpunch is the Denver reaction to that, maybe using certain and blank bracket coverage against Mike Williams with Keenan Allen out. The counterpunch to the counterpunch, right? Because, again, this is just a series of, of maneuvers, countermaneuvers, tactical, you know, positions being taken on both sides where 
the reaction to the bracket and the double team on the Williams could easily be Carter in the slot. And now Carter in the slot, eating up a few of those 14-yard receptions is going to get him over five points and really pave the way. So if, you, if you're into that, right, again, see the narrative. You could say, that, John, that's stupid. This is going to be 6-3. John, this is stupid. That's going to be 41-38. I'm not really arguing with you. I'm just showing you my work, how I get there, and then hopefully sticking to that. Right? Remember, point from the beginning of the show, leaving feathers in the cap beyond today. No one cares about this analysis three days from now. But hopefully you will have a lesson that we've left you. But you say, man, yo, that crazy mofo was screaming about this. And that's a lesson that I'll take with me. So the wide receiver room in general is going to be really tough. you got to play it by ear and jock market. Again, I like to look at guys like, look at Mike Williams. You know, he has a chance to pop the top. We've seen him just go absolutely ballistic as a target hog right now. And if you're not buying the Denver defense because you think it might lower the IPO, right? Mike Williams' IPO at 12 is a bit low. He's the lowest of the best players in the game. He's a bit too similar to Jerry Judy, in my opinion, with such a disparate projection. So, again, a little bit more of how we get to the answers here. So, I think I like Carter. I think I like... Williams, but he's going to have to stay under that 1250 mark. Remember, 1250 being half of 25. That's where I kind of draw the line in showdown slates, but that's just me. And then let's just wrap it up really quick. The tight end. But, oh, that's why I had it. So, Saubert, you got to be careful of. People are going to be on Saubert because he has gotten some work. We mentioned him last week in that um, uh, standalone game, and he did some work. Already might have scored, but it's Greg Dulcich is the name to know, right, that a lot, uh, he's on the JM slate, so I want to make sure that I brought that up, so we don't know what's going to happen with the tight end situation here, right, we know the Broncos rolling out Alberto, we know it didn't work, he had five catches in the first week, he's had two catches for 10 yards since, they tried, right, Sober in his stead, week two, scored a touchdown on a 22-yard reception, had a 25-yard reception against Vegas, and it was it, them kind of have the half bust out for five catches against Indianapolis, who has been weak against tight ends. Dulcich is the guy. He's the guy they drafted. He's the guy they've waited on. They've been not babying him, but getting him ready and prepping him. He's active for tonight's game, from what I understand. That's the guy I want, because he's just going to be below all this stuff. He's going to have... The low ownership in the single digits. His IPO should be below Sauber to 333. Though, at 333 is pretty low if you think Sauber could fall into the end zone. That's not bad. Let's say Dulcich is out. Then I would want to get with Sauber. But other than that, probably not. Looking at Palmer, who I didn't really mention. Bit high, $7 for the low expectations from myself, at least. So, all right. That's our Penny Stock Edition uh, segment of the show. I like Herbert over Wilson. I like Eckler as far as running backs. And then I like Williams as probably the top scorer, but I like DeAndre Carter. He's my value. And then Dulcich also as well, tight end for the Broncos. All right, we're up in the red zone. If you thought I did a decent job, please press the like button. I've been told I do very well with that. So, you know, I appreciate it, right? We bring this stuff out. I don't BS you at all. I'm the, the realness. We put this stuff out. For free, pretty good deal, right? Information for free, you press a cartoon finger that don't cost you a thing. Don't you worry about a thing. All right, once I'm singing, I know the show is going off the rails. Let's try not to get canceled before the season ends. So let's take a deep breath. We're in the red zone. Let's punch this home. I got a nice player prop for you. But let me just take a quick breath first. All right, let's do it. It's your one-stop prop shop. 
Brought to you by Jock Market, Mayo Media Net, Week 6, Monday Night Foosball. Prop, we've been doing pretty good on these. We hit the last two standalones, and then two of three on the main slate. Go figure, it was Mike Evans that was a letdown. I lost money on the Bronco, on the Buccaneers. I had that game teased down to two and a half. Because I was in front of all the CLV, I teased the eight and a half. The guy was sharp. It went close to 10. I'm like, yes, I'm so smart. I paired it with the Jets. That was plus 13 and a half. They win outright. And I look like a stanada, which is a stupid for any of you that have never heard that before. All right, enough of that. Let's do the thing that we do. Let's get back in the win column. I have not, I want to be very clear, I have not placed this bet yet. This is just a lean right now. I have a bit more digging to do. But let me show you what I got. The audio-only listeners, no more suspense for you. It's Big Mike Williams. He's set at 68.5 receiving yards. And I am on the fence with the certain thing. I've got to do probably a bit more digging. But I got some cool numbers. So, Denver defense, which we mentioned. The passing defense is very strong. DVOA in place, adjusted sack rate, all that good stuff, yards per completion, all that. However, um, like I said, it's been there. We've had a couple. We've had one receiver get there every week, right? So Alec Pierce he's good, but he's not great, right? So Alec Pierce went for 81 against the team. So I just want to keep him on. Remember the variance. Before it's like, oh, he shut down. He shuts down the world. No one gets there. These things happen. Mike Williams is most likely going to just get force, like absolutely force-fed the rock. You know, we did some of his um, some of his stats, but just it's just ridiculous, right? I mentioned 38% of the team air yards for Mike Williams. He's run 185 routes, earned 42 targets, 2.1 yards per route run, 11 air yards per target, 14 yards per reception. I mean, this is just it's totally thick. He's averaging 78 receiving yards per game on a 1,333 game pace right now. He's just been, like, insanely tough. And Denver is going to play a lot of zone, right? So Denver is the second heaviest zone defensive team in the league more than 77% of the time. That's just jumping off the page. So we go to how has Justin Herbert fared against the zone? He's done very well against the zone. 150 dropbacks, 94 for 136, five touchdowns, only one pick, a nearly 70% completion percentage, 97 passer rating, and a plus .15 EPA per dropback. He's also gone for 297 passing yards, three of the last four, and Mike Williams has just gone absolutely banana nuclear bombs the last two games. 17 catches, 254 his last two games without Keenan Allen. Do you think, do you think, the Chargers pregame plan, do you think they're like, all right, let's get the ball to the big dude when Keenan's not in, so... The Chargers are going to look to establish probably some semblance of a run game, and I don't think that's going to work because I just don't think they have the power to do it. I think I think the Broncos are a bit too fast on defense for the Chargers' style of running, right? The Chargers are not going to beat you up between the tackles. They're going to have to get it, right? They're going to jump cuts and outside, like counter and get some draws and stuff. I don't think that's how you're going to do it when they're frustrated. I think you'll be seeing him force the ball to Mike Williams. And of course, he could do it in a single play. So though I didn't jump on it, it does check all the boxes. Excellent player, 
right? Low total. Those are the those are really the things we like the most. We want really good players that don't need to do a lot. Again, the problem is the opposition, but I think this one will get there. I also had a Melvin Gordon rush prop circled until, like I mentioned, the Latavius Murray stuff started to get to me. You know, they they've been there. That um. That, that Denver running back room, you know, looked encouraging last week. Gordon had 18 touches, just over 100 combined yards, 54 on the ground, 43 through the air. Boone cleaned it up with 10 touches, 38 and 47, respectively. But now you have another mouth to feed, right? So Boone was extremely effective for the air. You can't expect that. And Gordon, I'm just afraid if, you know, 13 rushes is not a lot. So if Lat eats into any of it, nine, you know, 13 becomes a 10 or nine. I don't think the average is going to be there because I think the prop's at 45-50, right? So you, you can't ask the average five. I know teams have, but that was why I went to the Mike Williams well. So if I had to take one right now, that's it. If not, it's, it's just just enjoy the game, man. Just stop. Watch the Yankees tonight. Seriously, watch the Yankees and the Guardians. Sorry to mention baseball. But, like, you know, you don't have to feel forced to bet. We mentioned a lesson on the last show how no bet is better than a bad bet. We could do it really quick. And it's the truth, right? If you have 100 bucks and you lose 10%, you're not 90. You win 10% back, you're not at 100, you're at 99, right? That's the simplest way to put it. So if you continually trade off winning 10% and losing 10%, you're going to keep losing 1% every time. So you have to win 11% every time you lose 10. Just a quick back-of-the-napkin math of why betting is so hard. Because people feel forced to do it. Like, oh, man, I don't love it, but i got to get action. No, the smart bet is if you don't love it, you don't take it. Because if you take something you don't love, you have to do better than that, right? So... That, that's the best I could do. Just press the like button. That's it. Just press the like button. All right. I think we that scored the. I think that scored the rock. You can't really do any better than we did. So I hope you enjoyed the show today. Thanks for picking up. What we're putting down here at Mayo Media Net, presented by Jock Market. I really enjoy doing the show because it's everything, right? We are. It's advanced statistics. It's application. It's projections. It's leverage. It's theory, and then different formats, and hopefully, it's stuffing our pockets with cash at the end of it. Right. The most. The most fun part of it. We start screaming at our computer. First thing in the morning before the sun is up. We're going to death taxes, sunrise in the east, setting in the west, and the big dude up before the crack of dawn to bring you this show that means so very much to me that you leave with something impactful. So please rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod. Remember, you know, I do like the Chargers to win. I like Herbert to do some work. I think the sneaky play is DeAndre Carter. I think the sneaky play on the other side is is Greg Dulcich. That's how I like to make my money in the jock market on showdowns. Cheap, 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 cheap. It's very hard to be the top player, especially when you have to pay $15 a share. Right, The risk reward is not really there, opposed to a guy like Dulcich who might just be you know, $0.25 cents a share, and all he has to do is catch a couple balls to double up, Right, where the player you paid $13 for has to go you know, completely nuclear be the best player in the game. So again, just one last lesson before we get out of here. I really do appreciate you all. Get up in the comments. Let me know how good of a job I'm doing. And I think, I guess that's it for us here at The Mix. Yeah, yo. All right, we'll be back for the Thursday night show. Enjoy the game. Enjoy your day. And when we done with the book, enjoy that pay, everybody. Remember, when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck. You know it, man. Peace. 